1: This is Baldy's Breakdowns the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason Lockenfora an Odyssey Sports original.
2: Welcome to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. As always we come to you courtesy of our friends at Odyssey and we appreciate you guys tuning in. I am Jason Lockenfora and I have the honor and privilege of spending this next half hour or so talking ball with my buddy Brian Baldinger, and we will be focused on the NFC East. We started this summer uh, pre-training camp journey in the AFC. In our previous episode, we're going to stay on the East Coast. Baldy and I are both both East Coast guys. Perhaps that's our East Coast bias pouring forth Baldy, but we will go through this division that at various points in times, I think you, I and everyone else has referred to it as the NFC least. Um and we will take your temperature on this division and and and, and how relevant it may be in the overall mm-hmm. NFL landscape in the twenty twenty two season.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, let's let's face it, it has not been a strong division. They have not played well in the postseason. The last time we saw the Dallas Cowboys, um, there was there was a lot of angst inside this, you know, Jerry Jones' stadium, starting with Jerry. The fans uh, could not believe the performance against San Francisco. It was very similar for any Philadelphia Eagle fan with their, like, just disappointing defeat and how they were defeated yeah. by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the wild card round. Uh, but they did put two teams in a postseason last year. There has been a lot of changes, obviously, a coaching change in New York. Um, but let's face it, last year, if we're going to start this thing off, I mean, you have to start with the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, they were 6-0 and in the NFC East last year, Jason. Yep. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but they scored like over 190 points in those six wins against the NFC East. I mean, there wasn't a competitive game. No. Um, they, you know, they scored 41 against the Eagles in a Monday night football blowout win. They 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 filed that up weeks eighteen with the fifty-six point you know performance against Philadelphia. I mean, none of these teams were competitive with Dallas last year. So it's Dallas's division, but I feel like there's questions about this team that you have to really look at. And I think the fact that they kept Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn probably is a good thing. But I'm waiting to see just what. Kellen Moore is all about. Yeah, me too. I mean, he has just similarly, like when Jason Garrett was in that role, like Jerry falls in love with these coordinators for whatever yeah. reason, Jerry Jones. Yeah. And you go, okay, what is he doing? That's so special because I don't see it. You know, they couldn't get the ball to CD lamb and a playoff loss to the San Francisco 49ers. He's looked frustrated. You know, they trade away their best receiver in Amari Cooper. Yeah. Um, I don't know how the roster got better if Amari Cooper isn't on the roster. Uh, you, you know that at some point, Michael Gallup, you know, he's not going to be ready to start the season coming off a late season injury. You know, Cedric Wilson, who had six touchdown catches last year, is not there. Like the receiving core doesn't look elite nope. to me at all. And you can say CD Lamb is going to be the next Des Bryant, Drew Pearson, Michael Irvin. Well, all right. I, you know, I'm not putting him in that category yet. I like CD. We all do. But he looks like he's better in the slot than he is yeah, outside yeah. to me because uh, he is fearless and he's a tough guy and he's good after the catch. All that is all true. But you're putting an awful lot on him to say, okay, he's our number one and the offense is going to go through him. And then, you know, I always thought that they did the payment structure all wrong in Dallas. Yeah, They paid Ezekiel Elliott before they paid Dak Prescott. Yep. And it just, it, it seems like it has backfired since then. And so you go, you know, what is Zeke? And you can say, oh, well, he's in great shape. Okay, well, they said that same thing last year. And he wasn't a great player last year. No, And I don't know that we'll ever see Ezekiel Elliott, you know, circa 2016, 17. I don't know if we'll ever see that player again. And so then you'll go, okay, well, you know, there's, you know, maybe the the answer is what they have, you know, in Tony Pollard. And he looks like he's an explosive player, but is he – Really the guy. And, okay, you do it in tandem, that's fine. I, I just don't see this offense – I know they scored a ton of points last year, but I, I don't, buy I don't it, see it I, – I just don't see a, a great offense on paper right now.
2: Well, and I think to your point about Jerry and kind of falling in love with certain things or creating certain things in his mind's eye and not being able to get away from it, I think he probably still looks at this offensive line with, with a little more um, – Mystique or mythology than what today's reality is, right? He knows the last time he had a team that was truly feared around the league and thought of as a Super Bowl contender, it was led by what was argued, not even arguably. No, they were the the best. best, It was them and everybody else, right? It was their offensive line in its own category, and then you figure out the other 31 and rank them how you want. But they were consensus. Yes. They ain't even close to that anymore.
1: No, they're not. Now they drafted Tyler Smith out of Tulsa, and yeah, he's he's got a nasty disposition. They're going to play him at left guard. They need a left guard. Um, Tyron Smith has is an elite player, but I don't know that he's going to line up for 17 games nope. this year. I mean, he just doesn't look like he has that in him. Zach Martin is still a very good player, but you're going to. I think the this, the this, this center is average, and Terrence Steele is a guy I think that you know they have, you know, come to. Come to realize that he's a pretty good player, um, but is he an elite player? And is the group as a as a whole elite? Because it looks like when things break down up front, Dak isn't what we see from Patrick Mahomes or, you know, Josh Allen right now when things break down. I, I don't see the, the plays from Dak. And I like Dak. We all do. We all respect him. Yes. You know, so I'm not taking a shot at Dak, but he doesn't look like when things break down that he makes – Elite plays. And yes, if the wall in front of him gives him two and a half, three seconds clean, yes, he he knows how to go through his progressions and find the open receiver and things work pretty well. Um I I I I have questions like you do mm-hmm. up front. And I gotta see, you know, how quickly Tyler Smith can work in there and become that type of player that they've had at left guard
2: in Dallas for a long time. On the other side of the ball, Baldy, we we know they have big-time players, Lawrence, <laughs> Parsons. Um, I'm not sure it's a big-time defense. I'm not totally sold on the collective. And even someone like Diggs, and we celebrated him. Everybody celebrated him. He made no shortage of amazing plays on the ball. He was an impact defender. But I think if you went through his season, and did a plus minus like they do in the NBA or the NHL? I'm not sure his plus minus rating would be what you think, because mm. there's a lot of minuses. Well, I want I, I want I won't Trayvon
1: Diggs in my lineup. I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna ask other guys to do some things, but I, I I like a guy that is that puts the fear in the other team with his ball hawking ability and how he gets his hands on so many footballs. I I, I like that aspect of his game. Look, Micah Parsons could easily have been the defensive player mm-hmm. of the year last year. He was just that dynamic. And I don't see any slowdown in him. Um, I think this player they drafted, Sam Williams, is gonna be a really good player out of Old Miss. I know he had off the field issues early in his career at Ole Miss, and hopefully, you know, he's learned from his mistakes. But I, I think this is like at or near an elite level prospect. And I know they lost Randy Gregory, but I think Sam Williams can be a better player. And if Tank Lawrence, you know, is Tank Lawrence, um, they should be they should be good up front. They should be good. I don't know, you know, Osa, um, Osa Odegazua was a really good player last year. They like, they are a team. I they're a team that's just built on you know takeaways right now, Jason, mm-hmm. and big plays, splash plays. That's yes. what they do. They they were second in the league in takeaways last year. Um, they uh, their splash plays, the tackle for losses, the sacks, the sack fumbles, like. You know, they, they, they were special like that. And so that's kind of how they're built. You know, they've got some thieves. They've got playmakers. Um, they've got stars. And that's kind of how games get flipped a lot of times is by those type of plays. And so that's, that's kind of how they're built. Uh, are they as big and strong up front as you would like? No, but they're uh, athletic and they're fast and they're playmakers. And that's what they have at every level.
2: Well, Vegas still fancies them the team to beat. If you look at the over-unders, 10.5, that seems rich for, for my blood, but but they fancy the Cowboys the best team in this division. I would disagree, Baldy. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win this division. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team on paper in this division, and we talked in the, the previous uh, preview episode of the AFC East, you sort of mentioned – this time of year people looking around saying well who could be the bengal's of this year i don't think the eagles are that team cuz they don't have joe burrow and they don't they have some good receivers but i'm not sure they have jamar chase but you could i believe you could make a case you could go to court and make an argument that they should be in that discussion
1: oh yeah yeah no i mean they have a chance um i'm around this team a lot a lot of the players I see Jalen Hurts, you know, pretty regularly. He is he's an amazing individual. Yeah. I mean, he, he from a leadership standpoint, work ethic standpoint, um what you want in a franchise quarterback from his from the moment he walks into the building to the time he leaves, like he gives you all of that. Now, he has to improve. He's got to see the field better. He can't be so quick to run. Like there's a lot of flaws. Um but he has never ever until this season been coached by the same group two years in a row he had a different group every year in Alabama he had a different group in Oklahoma a different group his first you know two years in Philadelphia so he has got a chance to have some continuity and you know his arguably his best friend his whole life is AJ Brown he's, mm-hmm. he's their wide receiver now and just talking to him, one of the things he loves about AJ Brown and it's really what all wide receiving cores to me should be kind of based on is he's got really strong hands he catches yes. almost everything with his hands and to a quarterback it's a big dif- it's a big deal and it's a big difference guys that catch the ball with their body versus guys that catch the ball with their hands it gives less time for the re- defensive backs to react um they they trust their hands uh better than te- guys that try to catch it with their body they're always jumping to catch it so i think you're going to see a big difference you know from the wide receiving core with aj there and Devontae Smith is a really good player. So up front, I mean, this, this can be the best offense line mm-hmm.
0: of football.
1: Um, Jordan Malata is a freak. Uh, Landon Dickerson, all he did coming off an ACL tear at Alabama was get stronger and better um, every single week. He is something else at left guard. He got Kelsey back in a one-year deal. He's such a good player. He's so smart. Uh, you know, if this Isaac Salamalo comes back from a torn Achilles or I th- or maybe it's a Liz Frank, I forget. And then Lane at right tackle. I mean, this could be the, this could be the creme de la creme of the whole league. And if they, if they are, then they're going to run the ball really well. And, uh, and Jalen Hurts going to be a big part of that. And then defensively, they're as strong in the trenches as any team in this league right now. I'm uh, getting Hassan, you know, getting Fletcher back, drafting Jordan Davis. Um, Josh Sweat is a, a young player that a lot of hmm. people don't know about. That's a really good player. They, they really improved their secondary. I think it's the best it's been in a long time. Um, you know, just picking up uh, the, the corners that they did, getting uh, Bradbury from the Giants is a really good player opposite Darius Slay. I mean, they're for the first time, I feel like they can line up in the secondary and they, they can really challenge you right now um, at every position. And if people want to, like, if, if they really want to go inside and do some homework, go study. You know the play of T.J. Edwards at middle linebacker. I mean, yeah, he's a free agent of Wisconsin, but Wisconsin just turns out linebackers. Yeah, and he's he's just he's a tackling machine. He's really smart. I mean, they're stacked. They're stacked, Jason. Like they they could go compete with anybody. Yep. Uh, you're gonna have to really, um, you're gonna have to really earn it to beat the Philadelphia Eagles this year
2: because there's not a real weakness on this team. They remind me a little bit of Miami because the, the defensive prowess. You 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 know they're running the ball, but you still can't really stop it when, they, when they've when they got the option stuff going on with Hurts. Um, and there's some questions about the quarterback, but I, I think there's enough around him to bring out the best in him. The reason I'm more bullish on the Eagles is they get to play in the NFC, yeah. which it, it ain't a fair fight between these two conferences right now. I mean, there no. just isn't. You get past a couple teams in the NFC and you find yourself making arguments for teams, but like, There might not be that much there. There, you know, there's just not as much meat on the bone in the NFC, which was makes me bullish on the Eagles. Maybe making more noise than some people would think.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, they got to they got to get past Dallas in their division, um, you know, to get a home playoff game and get into the postseason. I think they're, you know, I think they're an 11 win team. Um, You know that, you know, and it's a possibility they they could have more, but I I, they look like an 11 win team. I'm with you. Take the over. Um, you know, it's going to get you the postseason, maybe wins the division. We'll see how they fare with Dallas. But, um, you know, it's it's Dallas and Philadelphia. It's a two-team race in this, in this division right now, and we'll get to the other teams. But uh, I think Philadelphia is built well. I, I like Nick Sirianni a lot. Um, I'm around him some, but just listening to the players, they really respect him. The one thing I, I love about him is just the attention to detail with the fundamentals of the game. And it never, you know, I mean, I, I know all teams probably say that, but there is a there is an emphasis daily on just how important your techniques and fundamentals are, and they spend a lot of time teaching. And it, it looks like it shows because I don't know that anybody could have seen that Jordan Mulata could become amongst the top five mm-hmm. tackles in all of football. And that's a credit to Jeff Stoutland, the offensive line coach. But that's how they teach. You know, and so you see the steady improvement from players,
2: you know, a lot of positions right now. Paul, I don't really know how to suss out the commanders and the giants and Vegas has the over under Washington at eight and a half and the giants at seven and a half. So they, they lean to Washington being the next best team in this division.
0: This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,
2: I will say this about the Giants. I, I believe in the giants sort of new blueprint that after ownership bleeping it up for so long, I think Brian Dable and Joe Shane have a chance to, I'm not going to say they'll, they'll be Buffalo East, but those guys have obviously Buffalo roots to that franchise. I think they saw how well, well I know they saw how well McDermott and Bean worked together and that shared vision. And I'm buying that over this sort of thing in Washington where, you know, is Ron Rivera doing everything or isn't he? Like, does the GM really work for the coach? Yes, he does. Does Ron really get to do everything Ron wants? Yes, he does. Um, And I'm just not sure about their direction. I think the Giants, in being willing to clear the deck and finally break with the old and go to the new, I'm sort of buying that short and long-term vision over this kind of staccato thing in Washington where, okay, now it's Carson Wentz, whatever.
1: I'm with you. Uh, let's just start with the Giants then, because I was up there at Minicamp. Brian Dable, Joe Shane were front and center. And uh, you know, Brian's got an infectious personality, he's yeah. an easy guy to like. It's a big, it's it's just a huge change from what they had and what they have had. And I I'll be honest, like everybody was hurt. I mean, everybody had a red shirt on. Yeah. I mean, whether it was Galladay or Tony or, you know, Kayvon, Thibodeau. I mean, like, you know, Sterling Shepard. I mean, it was as bad an OTA practice as I've ever seen. Wow. Um, Wink Martindale's up there. I mean, getting free hitters to Daniel Jones yeah. or to Rod Taylor. I mean, it was ugly. I mean, it's a wait and see on Saquon, Daniel Jones this, this year. I mean, it's, it's put up or shut up for both those players. Um, they're both coming up on contract years. They got to make decisions. It won't. It won't surprise me to see them both gone and go in a different direction. It just won't surprise me. Um, I think it starts really with they have not ever since their last Super Bowl team put together a a valid offensive line. It has been just one sore point after another. And it has been a total disappointment. Now, they draft Evan Neal, and I think Andrew Thomas has turned a corner. And we'll see. They brought in Feliciano and Glowinski and some guys that – are good blue collar players. I mean, that's where it's going to start. Can you just put an offensive line together? They did it in Buffalo. Yeah. They had a draft. They had some free agents. They, you know, they they cobbled it and they put it together. And the quarterback makes in Buffalo makes everybody look better than they probably really are. Uh, this quarterback can't do that. Has not been able to do that. I, you know, I I, I think it's you have to be very patient with this Giants. You said it. You know, long term, short term. Like, I don't know that we're gonna see a big jump this year right because I don't know what they have to work with I mean these guys got to get on the field and practice Jason I never, I never seen guys that were hurt more than what the Giants were like every time I went to see him practice last you know like during the season uh last summer this OTA like they're all hurt like you it starts in practice and so uh you know that's like you know they, it may just be a clearinghouse sale yes. after the season you know and just like, let's get our guys in here you know, and that, it might it might be that this year for this team. But I, I do, I totally believe in Brian and Joe working together yes. to figure it out. I I do think for the first time, the coach and GM are truly on the same page, sharing the same vision,
2: like they did in Buffalo. But there was such a rot there, and there were so many strange personnel decisions. I mean, last year, if you recall, they couldn't find cleats to fit Tony at this time of the right. year. Like now, they could they they couldn't literally didn't have sh- shoes for him to practice in. So they're at least well, making it, some I mean, gains no, that way. Look,
1: I mean, I know what hindsight is, but they passed a Micah Parsons. Yeah, like the Giants have been trying to, you know, I mean, whether it's Strahan or LT or OC, I mean, they when they had great teams, they had elite pass rushers and elite linebackers, and there was one waiting for him right there, and he wanted, you know, and yeah. they end up trading back and taking Cardarius Tony, and it was a disaster. Now he might become an elite player, we got to give him a chance to get healthy and all that stuff. But I mean, yes, it was a mess. It was just a flat out mess forever in that place. And you could feel it, you know, with whether it was a coach, the GM, you know, it just, they, they weren't able to compete. And I feel like for the first time now, um, they're saying all the right things about, you know, work ethic and offseason. I mean, it was a horrible day that I saw that offense perform. So we'll see, we'll see if Daniel Jones can take care of the football and make a jump and the offensive line protects him better. And these guys can practice and stay healthy. Um, I do think Wink Martindale is a, is a very, very good coach. Mm-hmm. And I do think he'll get the most out of the town. I would never, I, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, what they do up front. Um, but I do think, you know, between um, Thibodeau, uh, Aziz Ojalari, Quincy Roche, like I do think they have a chance of having some guys that can get mm-hmm. to the quarterback. And so it, that that would be a that'd be a good start for this
2: defense. Well, Baldy, last and perhaps least, we at least now know what to call this team. They are the Washington Commanders for now and for evermore. Another tumultuous offseason to say the least. Um, there is never a shortage of off-field drama with this bunch. I don't really know what to make of who they are or what they are. Like, I think they probably have too much individual talent to keep them from being a team that picks in the top five, top eight. But I don't know that they're that much better than that.
1: Well, I remember uh, during the preseason last year doing one of their preseason games and talking to Ron Rivera down the field before the game. And he, you know, he, he was like... You know, pretty blunt and honest, the way, you know, Chico normally can be. And he said, Baldy, I know we have a good roster. I just don't know if we're going to be a good team. And they weren't a good team last year. And it started with the injuries, you know, to Chase Young and Montez Sweat. But even when Chase did play, he wasn't a good player. Like, he he did not take a jump from being the, you know, uh, defensive rookie of the year the year before. And he, like, I think it starts when you spend high first-round picks on Montez White and Chase Young in back-to-back years, that has to be the foundation for yep. what you're going to do. And, you know, Ron's always going to try to put a championship level defense on a field. Um, that's that's who he wants to be. And so they have drafted, you know, tenaciously um, at the top of these of drafts to get elite players. And they have not become that group yet. And I think it starts with their pass rush and, you know Chase has to become a better player, and so does Montez, and you know not to mention you know whether it's Deron Payne or Jonathan Allen and yeah. got other guys inside that were first round picks. Like they've got to put this thing together defensively. I think that's where it starts. And then offensively, look, their best player Brandon Sheriff isn't there anymore. Um, you know you got to cobble this thing together. They I know they were high on Sam Cosme, uh last year in the second round. We'll, we'll see if he can become a lockdown right tackle, and you know Charles Leno. You know, what, what, what is he going to – like, can this group come together? Um, you know, and, and you know, we haven't gotten to Carson yet, but, you know, Carson, this is it for him. Yeah. Like, th- there's not going to be another stop where they're just going to plug him in and be the starter. Like, this is it. Like, this is his third team in three years. Um, there's a lot of reasons why they didn't like him in Indianapolis. We don't have to go into any right. of that. Right. But, uh, you know, this – they 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 drafted Jahan Dotson, who I like coming out of Penn State, and they they you know, they signed Terry McLaren, who everybody loves. Uh, you know, they got a chance with some, you know, skilled players to, you know, to have a, a good offense. It's up to Carson and how he performs. And, you know, can he make those plays at the end of games? Can you know, he's always been pretty good at taking care of the football for the most part. But, you know, in big moments he has not been a great player. No. Um, the way he needs to be. And so and can he really stay healthy? I mean, he played all the games last year, but, you know, he had injuries early uh, in the year, um, missed a significant amount of time in training camp and whatnot. But so, you know, it's up to, it's up to Carson to, to lead and to be that guy. And he gets a chance to go up against the Eagles twice. I'm sure that, uh, you know, he's got those games circled. But this is a big deal for Carson. And the fact that the commanders took the chance and said, okay, you're our upgrade over Taylor Heineke. Well, we'll see. We'll see
2: if he is. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Like, I'm just, I don't know if I should say this or not. Like, I'm just not very interested in them. Like, yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, th- there are teams that you look at and you kind of ponder all these macro level questions and you're really intrigued to see how the pieces fit. And then there's other ones that are just kind of like, fall by the wayside or it's like, man, I just don't think there's a whole lot of there there. Like, they'll find a way to win the six or seven games they win, but I just don't know that they're pointing in a direction that's all that interested. Like, I think they're going to have a hell of a time – well, and this has been the case for years – but really selling tickets and selling a vision for this franchise. Like, I I think the apathy and the rot is just going to continue. Well, that's – you know,
1: winning winning, takes care of a lot of that. Jason, I mean, if you know, it's a, it's a football town, but yes, all the things that have been circling around this team for a long time now have probably really sunk in, but an identity. I mean, I was just with Mark Schlereth, you know, yeah. past weekend, you know, I mean, look, Joe Gibbs, the hogs. I mean, yep. it was, yep. it was the greatest show inside the beltway that you could have had, um, you know, for over a decade. And they have not had an identity since then. And so, what is their identity be? Can, can Josh, you know, can chase and Montez sweat and, you know, Jamin Davis, can they become uh, just a fear defense and keep teams at 17 points the way, you know, the way Thomas Davis and Luke Keekly, you know, can, you know, what they did in Carolina when they're going 15 and one and they're the most feared in football. And, you know, can, can they put that type of, defense on the field that that would get some people excited you know if the Cowboys yeah, are coming right. to it's town coming to that. yeah you know if, if the Cowboys not, come yeah. to town and you know Dak puts up 13 points on him right you know and they're singing you know I, I, I don't I guess hail to the, I the, to the commandos you know, yeah. I don't know how it goes but yes I mean there's so I, I mean I think that's if you're if you're asking me Jason like what's the identity what are you going to get excited about that's where I would start
2: that's right now Yeah, if it's not that, they're they're adrift at sea. Well, we'll see uh, how interesting this division is uh, if they do send multiple teams to the playoffs, if someone from this division does emerge who's really, truly looked at like a Super Bowl contender, and we'll see if Baldy and I are right that the Eagles um, are going to be sneaky good, at least sneaky better than some of these win-loss totals might indicate. This has been... Our Baldy's breakdown tour of the NFC East. We come to you as always, courtesy of our friends at Odyssey. We hope you find us, you know, wherever you get your your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, whatever. Please rate, review, give us feedback. You can hit me up on Twitter at Jason Lock and Four. You can hit uh, Baldy up on Twitter at Baldy NFL. You certainly check out his breakdowns um, across all the media platforms that he does. And we look forward with reconvening this discussion with you guys very shortly as we continue to go around the NFL. I guess should we just do this geographically, Baldy? Should we go east, south, the south, to the north, west? You know, Where do you want to go? Uh,
1: let's uh, let's tease the uh, AFC and NFC North. Okay, uh,
2: in our next podcast here, Jason. Well, you you certainly set our travel log. You are the world traveler of this this, uh, podcast trio, you, me, and Dylan. So to the north it is. We will break down the AFC and NFC north for you guys next. We thank you for listening, and we will talk to you soon.